in this session of Look at the Book. We begin in Romans 12, 19 to 20, and then we're going to go to 1 Peter to see something confirmed. And our focus is going to be mainly on this issue of avenging ourselves. So, Father, I pray that all of us who from time to time feel so much anger at somebody that's hurt us or done something wrong or disappointed us, that we would be done with that because of the power of your Spirit and your Word in this text. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. So when it comes to personal vengeance and getting back, lay it down. But, the alternative here, but leave it to the wrath of God. For, here's the reason you can do that, for it is written, quotes the Old Testament, vengeance is mine. So God is saying it's mine to do this. I take it up. You don't need to take it up. I will repay. So there's a promise. This is not the kind of promise we usually think about, but it's crucial here for motivation. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, here's the alternative to vengeance. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's hungry, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Now, the one thing I want to focus on with you is the, the, the soul dynamic, what's going on in our heart when it comes to vengeance and how this particular promise in verse 19 can is designed by God to help us overcome th- that pressure that we feel. So never avenge yourself. Somebody has wronged you. It could be horrible, like they, they raped you or they, they abused your children or they lied about you and you lost your job or, or it could be little, like rolling their eyes at you at, at work, or a, or a wife who doesn't say thank you the way you want her to, or a husband who is late for for dinner, just you know, all kinds of little or huge things that make us rise up and say, I, I can't stand this anymore, I'm angry, I'm going to say something or do something or, or put a look on my face that punishes the other person and, and sets things right or gets back at them, and he just says, don't do that. Why, why not? What's the alternative when there's so much seeming justice in our cause? Answer, don't, don't leave it for nothing. That is, don't treat it as though it's nothing. Take it as the massive or little thing that it is and, and give it to God. Leave it to the wrath of God because he has promised, I do take vengeance. I will repay. There's, there's the key. You don't have to take it up because God will take it up. Believing this promise frees us from many um, acts or feelings of, of vengeance. And we need to really trust God is just. He will do this. Now here's Jesus operating with that very motivation. Jesus. It's he committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile. He, when he suffered, he did not threaten. Well, how could he not? I mean, didn't justice need to be done? He was innocent. Here's what he did instead. But he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. So this is Jesus saying, I mean, God saying, vengeance 
is mine. So God said that to Jesus. Vengeance is mine. You do not need to come down from the cross. All things will be settled rightly by the judge who judges justly. And uh, literally this is he entrusted or was handing over. It didn't, doesn't even have a direct object in the Greek. He was handing over, you could say, his cause. Himself in his cause and his cause. So if you have a cause that you believe is just, and this spirit of justice in you is pressing you to hurt someone because he has hurt you, and that would be just and righteous, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, the way the Bible says to settle that is to hand it over and trust it to the one who judges justly. You, you won't get it right. God will get it right. He always gets it right. And so we can be freed from this pressure to make sure things go justly because God will make them go justly. So let's sum it up like, like this. Uh, God always punishes every wrong, small or great, either in hell for those who don't repent or on the cross for those who repent. And think of it. If you cherish and demand the right to punish, if you're going to do the punishing, and you don't trust God to do it in one of these two ways, what are you saying? You're saying hell is an inadequate response for those who don't repent. It's just not enough. I need to add to it. Or you're saying the cross was not a great enough sacrifice for those who repent. And in either case, you're indicting God as being uh, inadequate and unwise or being insufficiently caring and sacrificial in the offering of his son. You don't want to say either of those. So let's lay it down. Let's be done with the spirit of 